it's good, it's good. Holy glory. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, mmm, mmm. Uh, <laughs> just have another drink, you know. Uh, uh, the message is caught as well as taught. We're in, we're in, we're in, hey. <laughs> like I told the guy that drove six hours to come to our meeting the other day. He drove all this way for nothing. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> You've already got it all. Oh, You're already filled with God. Wow. Awesome. Wow, 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 wow. Although I still love glory meetings and stuff too. They're not one of those people that's like, just said, oh yeah, you know, you're so filled so don't go to church anymore. But man, you're already packing it. We're filled with the fullness. And uh, let's just revel in it, you know, as I, as I share or whatever, just feel free to experience and express and just be yourself, you know. I love an interactive environment and the glory where we're not just hearing words, but we're tasting taste and see. Sometimes Holy Spirit highlights random things to you that I might not even be saying. I don't know. It'll be good. But, um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's a morning meeting, so we'll get into a little more teach than, uh, that's good. It's fun. A little lower key. I won't do a little dance for you or anything. I know you're, I know that's why Rob drove down, but, uh, <laughs> I'm whacked. Don't try to be coherent. But I was just excited. I, I just, you know, uh, I mean, we're just going to preach the gospel. It's just going to be Jesus that we revel in today. But there's so many facets of Jesus, you know, to explore. Uh, we're going to be staring at the cross and, and his resurrection and what he did for ages to come. Unpacking it. He'll never get bored. If you're bored of the gospel, you need to hear the gospel. <laughs> like if you, <laughs> if, there's, if there's, yeah, if it's not enough for you, then hear the gospel again, but uh, I, I just felt like one of the facets I, w I wanted to highlight today and just kind of revel in is our perfection in him, uh, is, any, is it okay if we revel in our perfection today, is that alright, <laughs> the scandal of our, of our beauty, is it okay if we, if we revel in the scandal of our beauty in Christ though, you know, but uh, just look at, at the, the majesty of, of who we are as children of God. Like to, to yeah, there's, there's so much to it. In fact, I feel like with so many things, you know, when you hear something and you get excited about it, like the church or, or even, you know, everybody seems to swing the pendulum one way or the other with, with so many things. Like you hear one new thing and you want to throw out everything else. And uh, when, we, when we look at the glory of who we are in Christ, sometimes we get so excited about our divinity that we forget about our humanity. Right. Or there's people that are walking around just as humans, not aware of their spirit, not aware of their divine nature that they have in Him. And uh, I just want to get wrecked on, on both, you know, on all of it. Like, there's so much whack on it. And so I just wanted to revel in that and just share some scriptures. And uh, we're on our High on God tour. Which has been so fun. Uh, been doing different legs of it across the states so far, and and uh, I have a book back there you can check out. I won't go too much into it, but uh, part of what I'm high on is the glory of 
what we've been included into and the glory of just who we are and our original design. You know, it's enough to get you jacked. Like, I have a hard time just containing myself in worship, like, just <laughs> not becoming a distraction wherever I go. Right, right, right. But, because uh, <laughs> it's so much black and there's so much glory on life today, man. Just being here together in this room, looking at all you people. Like, man, the, the gospel has awakened me to just, I see one person, I'm like, oh my God, you're amazing. Like, right, right. You're like so incredible. Like, do we know like who we are, you know? That uh, we're made in the image and likeness of the uncreated God. You know, like, wow. And um, Jesus came to reveal, to, to restore, to remind, to awaken us to all that we had from the beginning, you know to, man, uh, to a whole lot of glory. And uh, so I just, I'm going to start with, I'm going to jump all over the Bible. If you still read your Bibles, guys. Anybody have their Bible here today? Go to a lot of places they don't even crack their Bibles anymore, but um, <laughs> it's a lot of whack. I'm going to get drunk off of um, Hebrews 12, 2. Let's just start here. And maybe I'll back up, I don't know, but uh, Hebrews 11. To the, to the end, you know, Hebrews 11, the great faith chapter, you know, uh, everyone stands in awe of all these guys in, the, in Hebrews 11. Sometimes we forget to go to the end of it where it says, all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised. Since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. So, like, if you're still, like, wishing that you had the faith of Abraham or the faith of Moses or Elijah's mantle or whatever, got good news for you. <laughs> the least in, you know, the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than all of these guys, you know? They said John the Baptist was the greatest prophet of the OT and even the least in the kingdom, dude. The least. Since, uh, you know, God had provided something better for us that apart from us they would not be made perfect, then... Go on to chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which clings so closely and run with endurance the race that is set before us. And this is what, on Tuesday, we just got hammered at our uh, fellowship in Fort Wayne. Just reading this part, we just said, looking unto Jesus. <laughs> Like, ah, just looking unto Jesus again, you know, like, uh, I don't know how many times you go to church and you don't even hear about Jesus, but yeah, I don't think it happens here, you know, tune in with a few, a few snippets of Brett's messages, so I don't know. you guys have been looking unto Jesus, if you're stuck, you know, you just get stuck on it, man, like, oh my God, like, uh, someone said, someone was on Facebook talking about how you... You're still talking about the same thing you were talking about 10 years ago. I'm like, yes, dude, yes. <laughs> they were trying to tell me there was more stuff, exciting things talking about aliens or something. Get <laughs> <laughs> into the deeper truths or whatever. You're really missing it, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Like, we've all come to realize, like, you know, the whole book is pointing to Jesus as, you know, like, even in the OT, you find Jesus everywhere if you have the eyes to see it, and, and, uh, and even in our daily lives now, it's like, you know, uh, he's all about us so we can be all about him, 
you know, the, the whole picture of like the bride and the bridegroom, like the, though we're going to talk about the glories of us today for a little bit, but it's the glories of us in him, you know, and as we look at him, we see who we are. And as we, you know, as we just stare at the beauty of this God, man, fully human, fully divine, uh, we see our true image and likeness. We see in the mirror, like reflected the glories of, of this perfection, this bliss. But uh, it's not even, you know, it's not by looking at us, it's not by self-examination, it's not by, you know, whatever, but as we, you know, he, he's so fully devoted himself to us that if we just look at him, it's like everything makes sense, everything's made right, we find out who we are, we find out, you know, every, I mean, all we need for life and godliness, it's all there. So look, but I, I've been getting drunk on this passage, looking unto Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, or the author and finisher, or one translation says, the source and the completer, um, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And I've just been getting jacked off of uh, looking at, you know, our, we, we talk about faith, and you know, you read Hebrews 11, and you're like, man, I wish I had faith like these people. But... As you look to Jesus, he was the author, and a lot of times we think, well, yeah, he gave us this faith, and now we're kind of like growing in it, or we're kind of, you know, increasing in faith. But the, the whole point of this passage is that God's given us something perfect. You know, you read it in context, like, these guys didn't receive what was promised. We have what is promised. Jesus started our faith, but he also, he's not just the author of it, but he was the finisher of it, the completer. And then in the very same verse, it says, and he sat down at the right hand of the Father. And so why did he sit down? Because it's done, you know? So even talking about faith, you know, we look at him and we see, like so many of us are getting the revelation that we have the faith of God. It's not our faith anymore, that we're set free from, you know, like Godfrey's new song, So Drunk. Inside of you is a real believer, yeah, yeah. you know? <laughs> you don't have to be the real believer. Inside of you is a real believer, which is really good news. It might not be good news if you think you're, like, doing so awesome, but... Right. The point before you, <laughs> that'll usually only last so long before you realize you're incapable of maintaining your own righteousness and you need help. Then <laughs> it's freaking good news to see the faith of God. But anyway, that's just, you know, I, I've been getting drunk out of that one and reading the good old First Corinthians 1. I'll read it. These are just, I don't know, I haven't even got into my message yet, but we'll get there. 1 Corinthians 1.30, because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. So as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. But I just love that. Because of him, you are in, and he became to us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, redemption. By no means is a comprehensive list. You know, Paul's just listing off like he became everything to us, you know. <laughs> You name it, like it's in Jesus. It's what we have in Him. You know, so anyway, today I was just, you know, just as we were driving here, just meditating on uh, the glory of what it means to be fully human and fully divine. And uh, as we look at Jesus and He reflects us as He comes to not only represent the Father to us, represent God to us, but also represent us to ourselves, uh, we find like, Man, there is there's just so much uh, majesty and beauty in our humanity. There's so much beauty in our divinity. And uh, 
So I'm just going to read a few passages about that. Um, Ephesians 2.10, one of my favorite. Uh, speaking of, and, and really as I speak of our humanity and our divinity, I'm going to kind of jump around both, but that we would all know too. It's like, it's all one. Sometimes we think like our spirit is one thing, our body is one thing, our divinity is one thing, our humanity. But in Christ we see it all integrated in one. We need to stop separating like spirit, soul, body, divinity, humanity. There's no separation between all that. It's all seamless. Like you were, you know, when he came and restored you, he restored all of you. When you have Jesus, you have all of him, you know. He doesn't come in pieces. He just, whatever. <laughs> and you're not fractured. You're not in pieces. You're not, you know, here to know uh, only yourself in one way. And part of the reason I like to speak to this I'm just getting off on the side, but it's because every, you know, you travel into different circles of Christianity or wherever you may have grown up traditionally, you may have grown up cutting edge or hyper charismatic or whatever. And they all seem to emphasize one thing or the other, you know, like the mainliners, it's like you meet all these people who are just basically kind of some shell of a human, barely know anything about their spirit. You know, you go, you go with charismatics, they just want to speak in tongues all day and like, you know. It's all about the supernatural, the supernatural, the supernatural, and they can't even have like a normal conversation or they feel weird, like spending time with their family, like they should be with God or like, we're, you know, you meet people like that. And I've been in kind of all the circles. I grew up Lutheran. Like I grew up, like if you loved God, you were kind of like, yeah, 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 we all love God. You should probably become a pastor because you're kind of getting weird, you know, because the average person is just living as kind of, you know, just a normal human or whatever. But then for me, like I got into like, I, I met Holy Spirit and I just went the other side of the, you know, the spectrum where it's just like miracles, signs, wonders, you know, just like whatever, speaking in tongues all day. Like, uh, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. you know? <laughs> so it becomes a competition or something. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, so, but there's so much whack on both, you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm so glad I sit here this morning, like, with a vibrant spirit now, like, knowing, like, that, like, I can speak in the tongues of men and of angels, you know, which is an, an interesting passage, but, like, there's actually whack on both of them, you know, there's a lot of glory on both, like, being able to have a normal conversation with people is awesome. <laughs> Just love people, like, where they're at as a, you know, as a human, uh, but also, like, Dude, man, like, there's so much glory in just, like, getting whacked, like, speaking in tongues or just, you know, having a vibrant spirit that's alive, whether you're, like, always looking different or whatever, but to be spiritual, you know, uh, eagerly desire the spiritual, Paul said, like, and uh, so I love that, too, man. I still, man, I, I just thank God, like, we see, we see miracles, we see, like, I mean, heaven is here, you know, we're in heaven on earth at the same time, and so I'm excited for, like, uh, and that's what I love even this morning too. I feel that integrated like thing. Integration is kind of part of what I'm talking about here too. Like, uh, like even your worship, I love it. I can get so whacked, but also like a, a person could sit there and like just sing the words and get something out of the lyrics, you know, and stuff like that. Like, uh, yeah, it's good. So anyway, we, we are freaking amazing masterpieces. I'm just going to read Ephesians 2.10. Um, so much glory on it. Oh, I already gave it away. Here. The punchline, but uh, it's worth putting our eyes on the page. 
I mean, Ephesians 2 is like one of the I mean, pillars of grace, you know. Uh, this, you know, you're, by grace you've been saved through faith, not of your own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of works that no one can boast. For we are his workmanship, or in some translations, masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we would walk in them. Last night we were kind of unpacking some of what it means like to walk in the things that were prepared beforehand. Like, like uh, I mean, someone brought this passage to me recently. He said, see, Paul preached works, you know. It's so funny, like, you just use the word works and people get triggered back into these old doctrines. It's like, all he said was the word works. He didn't preach works at all in any way, shape, or form. But he said you're going to be manifesting, like, all these amazing things. You're going to live out, like, a life of creativity and, and beauty and health. And, you know, Paul said he preached the gospel of the whole known world, you know. That could feel like a work or look like a work to some people. But when you're walking in the works that were prepared from the foundation of the world... It's just you being yourself, like a flower unfolding, like fruit, like growing off of a tree. It's just natural. You know, it's awesome. But I don't want to get into that too much. But the point here is just looking at, like, people say, I'm only human all the time. You just hear that phrase, you know? And it's like, yeah, I'm only God's masterpiece. I'm only the chief creation of, like, everything that God, like, did. Just human. Like, the, old, the only human thing like whenever I hear that like to me I get jacked up but I usually realize that's not what they mean you know <laughs> you, you're, you guys are just humans man like, that's really awesome look at that look at the beauty of it you know although you're not only human you're also fully divine which we'll talk about too but we are his masterpiece we are we are created like as the pinnacle you know I mean what other creation is in the image and likeness of God and uh, so, anyway, fully human, you know, uh, just going back to the beginning of Genesis and stuff, it's like, a lot of times we forget, like, with so much church culture, it's like, it's all about you, more of you, less of me. It's like, why did God create us from the beginning? Like, what, like, did, did God want, you know, humans to begin with? Or did he just want to make us so that he could kill us and get us out of the way, you know? <laughs> that's weird. No, like from the beginning, you were God's masterpiece. And what does that even mean? I don't even think like any of us in this room have a clue like about why, like what is the, what was the glory that he put here? You know, he made humans. What was the dream of God for humans on the planet? Uh, I just love thinking about that. Like, what does it mean to be human? Like, I just want to invite you on that, like, the amazing rabbit trail of exploration <laughs> of what it means to be human. Cause I think we, we've underestimated and, uh, ultimately like just looking into Jesus, look at Jesus and find like what we can walk in, you know, what, you know, he's still a human to this day. Right. That's why he ascended, you know, he didn't just dissolve his body, but he ascended and sat down at the right hand of the father, which, I don't know where that is exactly, you know? Like, so we're like, well, he could, the ascension can't be real because, like, where did Jesus go? He's not on another planet. It's like, so that's the one miracle, like, you're going to discount? Like, after the thousands of miracles that happened, the ascension's the one you can't get over? But some people get stuck on it. Like, it is weird. Like, um, But he ascended in a human body that forever there's a human sitting at the right hand of the Father, like, glorified. That's another thing. Like, we've known ourselves as humans, but in this... We're familiar with a fallen state of humanity, which 
in Christ has been completely redeemed and restored. You read Romans 8, it says those that he, he called, he uh, justified, those he justified, he sanctified, and those he sanctified, he glorified. All past tense, E-D, at the end of the words, you know. It's not uh, the whole doctrine of, uh, yeah, we're justified, we're becoming sanctified, and someday we'll be glorified. No, it's all past tense, like something yeah. happened. Something actually happened at the cross and resurrection. <laughs> like, not just, uh, I mean, man, we've underestimated it. We've underestimated it. But we are even now, like, glorified humans seated at the right hand. If you're in him, everything that Jesus has is yours. This is your reality. Man, it's, this is why we're whacked. Hallelujah. So, I just invite us on that that exploration of what does it mean to be human in Christ? Like, what is... What is Christ's humanity like? Because that's now yours. Like, this is the gift that's been given to you. Oh, my Jesus. So, on the flip side of that coin, like, so some people are comfortable with humanity, like, being a human. Some people aren't. If it makes you uncomfortable, explore it further in Christ. Some people are uh, uncomfortable when you say that we're divine. Like, Psalm 82, John 10, you are God's. Like, it actually says in the Bible multiple times that you are gods. Like, that one will get you kicked out of a lot of churches. Acting like a normal human might get you ostracized in a lot of churches. But why can't we fully explore both? You know, why can't we dive into the depths of this reality? You know, um, I mean, what does it mean to be uh, gods? I mean, that one's going to blow your mind. But I want to read uh, 1 John chapter 3. This one's one of my favorites. Uh, and you can feel the heart of a beautiful Father John here when he says, uh, we'll just start at verse 1, 1 John 3, 1. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called the children of God. Like, you can feel like the exclamation on his voice there, like on his writing, it's like, See what kind of love that we would be called the children of God. Because that phrase has been thrown around in our culture so often. You hear, yeah, I'm a child of God, I'm a child of God. It's like, no, like, dogs give birth to dogs, and horses give birth to horses, and gods give birth to... Gods. I don't know. <laughs> we can't finish that one. <laughs> but that we would be called children of God. Like, what? Like... Uh, and it says, this is the reason why the world does not know us, is that it did not know him. But beloved, we are God's children now. What we will be has not yet appeared, meaning like the world doesn't realize it yet. But we know that when he appears, we will all be like him because we see him as he is. So the revelation of God's children hasn't yet been revealed, like in a sense that everyone hasn't awakened to it. But in Christ, that's what we are already now. We're fully like I said, sanctified, justified, glorified, like what are you lacking, you know, um, to be seated in Christ, Ephesians 2, 6, at the right hand of the Father. I just love this man, which is why the rest of this chapter, he goes on and says like, uh, little, little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous. Or verse nine, no one who is born of God can continue to sin. Like really sin is even impossible for you. Like, wait, what are, you, what are you saying? Well, in Christ, when you really realize who you are, it's impossible for it. I mean, dark in Christ, there is no darkness at all, which is the, 
I mean, the whole context of the book of 1 John was speaking to this reality that, like, we can live absolutely as Jesus now, even though in the same lies that were that are you hear today were being spoken then, which is basically like your spirit is holy, but your your flesh is evil, or you're divided, or you're maybe you're partially righteous or you're a process. But he's saying, no, literally now you're a child of God and as you hear this message, as you awaken to that reality, you can't sin anymore. You're like freaking set free, dude. You're pure. And uh, you're able to love freely from the heart. Your ego's been removed. No, no more selfishness, which is the greatest miracle of all, in my opinion. <laughs> right. Humans that aren't selfish anymore. Divine creatures that look like Jesus. Oh my God. So good, so good. So let's see what else we got. Yeah, First Peter is a good one. First um, Peter one twenty three says that the incorruptible seed is within you. What's that incorruptible seed? I mean, in the Greek, it's the it's the word sperma. You know, you were weren't just adopted, but you were actually like of the seed of God. Like you're a new species, the kainos, new creation. Doesn't mean you're not a human anymore, but you're a glorified human. Fully divine and fully human, just like Jesus, born of that incorruptible seed. Second Peter, I put this one next to my nose. Second Peter 1, right from the beginning, Peter gets into it in Second Peter. He says, to those that have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours, which isn't that drunk right there. Like, if you're worried about your faith being lacking, Peter just says straight up, you've all obtained a faith of equal standing. <laughs> that's cool. Like, that's amazing. Of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. So where did it come from? Oh, it's from Jesus. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and in Jesus Christ our Lord. For his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. What does it mean to be godly? It means to be like God. <laughs> Through the knowledge of him, Jesus, it manifests as you know Jesus, who called us uh, to his own glory and excellence. What kind of glory do you have in your life? His glory and his excellence. By which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having already escaped the corruption that is in the world from sinful desires. I mean, dude, this, you start reading the Bible again, man. Like, there's so much glory on it, dude. It's like, I can't believe this. I never heard this stuff like growing up in the church. Literally like the, the glory, I mean, just the whack that we can walk in, man. And so I just, I just laid some of the scriptural foundation there for uh, what the Eastern like fathers and Orthodox church is called theosis for generations, which if you look up theosis, uh, some define it as union with God or other define it as literally becoming God. And, uh, or divinization or whatever. Um, I don't care about all those words, but like Athanasius said, God became man that man might become God, not uh, overtaking or usurping, but in union through, through the virtue of our union, still in submission, Jesus Christ, our head, our Lord, our King. Right, people get weird, worried or weird about it. Because, <laughs> you know, the whole, whole New Age movement is all about you're, you are God. You know? Right. And there's this thing without, like, any union or submission to the Father, without recognizing this, the, the Lord and giver of life. 
Um, or, uh, yeah, there's just, you know, the Mormons think we're all little gods going to get our planets or something. Yeah, Kanye, yeah. Yeah, I, I wonder what he thinks about all that now. I just started listening to his Jesus album, dude. King. I was getting wrecked. I know, people get jacked up that album. I, was, I felt so bad, dude, for I do like that he said Jesus cynical. is king. Like, right. You know what I mean? <laughs> that is a big turn for him, you know what I mean? Because it used to be, Jesus is king. <laughs> Pretty dramatic. But, uh, yeah, dude. That's the whole thing, but... But, you know, uh, the stuff that we're cracking open here today is not some new age or new revelation. I mean, you you dive into some of the church fathers. I love, like, Gregory of Palamas or Gregory of Nyssa or different guys from Eastern Orthodox fathers. Uh, You know, Catholics got into it, too. It's it's a lot more striving, although there's a lot of striving in the Orthodox stuff, too, sometimes. Because they usually preach theosis as a process. You know, you might eventually get there. Uh, but theosis is the, the gift in the person of Jesus. You've been given this union with God, divinization, or just restoration to image and likeness. I mean, the fact that the, you could say you are gods and it sounds strange to people, yet we throw around Genesis 1 where he said, I made them in my likeness yeah. from the beginning. Like, it's right there. <laughs> if you're in the likeness of God, what are you like? like you're like God. God. Yeah. yeah, but... Whoa. Let me read one from Athanasius. This is a juicy quote from the old classic in the, on the Incarnation. Um, but in fact, the good God has given them a share in his own image that is in our Lord Jesus Christ and has made even themselves after the same image and likeness. Why? Simply in order that through this gift of God-likeness in themselves, they may be able to perceive the image absolute, that is the word himself, and through him to apprehend the Father, which knowledge of their maker is for men and the only really happy and blessed life. Which is another like awesome reality. Like if we're not in the image and likeness of God, how can we know God intimately? You know, yeah. you can only really know something that's you're, you know, uh, compatible. Yeah, exactly. Like you can relate. To them, I can relate to my relatives. Well, God is my relative. Mm-hmm. God is my father. Jesus is my brother. Mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, for those that can receive it, to my mother. <laughs> Simply in order that through this gift of God-likeness, they may in themselves be able to perceive the image absolute. Like, how else could we could we experience really in an intimate way, unless He became one of us? And uh, he didn't just stoop down to become one of us, but he created us from the beginning to be compatible. Uh, you know, to rethink the, the concepts of when we, we think about only human, but what if from the beginning God made humans in such a way that we would be the perfect uh, containers or whatever, for lack of a better word, the perfect bearers, the perfect, you know, vessels to hold the divine. Yeah, it's good. Wow. You know, what if it was always his dream to become a human? People think it's like, oh man, he had to stoop down into the dust, you know. But I mean, he made us from the beginning. You know, he made us sure, like from the dust. But we're the masterpiece of God, and I think, uh, you know, we're fully able to to operate in all of the things that make God God. We're fully able to love. You know, we're fully able to to live in joy and peace and. And, and patient, you know, the fruit of the spirit is more of the exciting things that make God God. Not, it's not 
God's not most excited about his ability to create stars, you know, or fly around the galaxy like a superhero. He's most excited about the fact to be in our intimate love and like the, the glory that we share with one another. And so, anyway, I don't know, man. I'm just standing in awe. So as we realize and awaken to, to who we are as, as in the image and likeness, fully restored in Christ as he is, so are we in this world, First John 4 says, I think it's also like so valuable that we, we continue to, uh, to, to operate like fully in our divinity and in our humanity. And, and one of the ways like I've been kind of expressing, because I see people going one side or the other, on this is like, I think it's so valuable that we grow in study and intellect and in our mind. Like we have the mind of Christ. We're given these human abilities to study, to learn, to grow. But it's also like so key that we learn to be mystics and experience things in the spirit, like live in the spirit. Like Jesus fully did both. You know what I mean? Uh, Jesus was not telling you to check your brain at the door or throw out your mind. Like the carnal mind is hostile to God, but that's not what you have. Okay. You know, you're not living in a carnal mind. You've been given the mind of Christ. So it's yeah. amazing to, to study and grow. Uh, but it's also amazing to just sit here and be and learn and, and, and commune with God himself. You know, and they're not really separate. You know what I mean? It's the same with like humanity and divinity. It's like the line's blurry. You know what I mean? Because studying can be a mystical experience, and a mystical experience can you can learn practical stuff in the midst of it. You know, so because how many times have you met the guys that they're like they have all their doctorates and stuff, but I mean, there's fifty thousand doctors of theology that all disagree with each other. Mm -hmm. So somebody's missing something there. But in the same way, like some people will say, yeah, see that? Like all the doctors of theology disagree with each other. Well, the mystics all disagree with each other too. You know what I mean? So it's not like, oh, well, let's just, I, you know, you hear the guys that say, I don't even, I don't read books. I just sit with Holy Spirit in the Bible. You know, it's like, sure, I've met a thousand of those guys and they would all argue with each other too. It's not like one way is like, I think it's what we see is a need for this integration you know, to, to involve your entire being and also recognize that you are in his image and likeness, but so are all these other people. And so to begin to commune, yeah, you may disagree with a whole bunch of people, but actually recognizing God's not going to give you the full picture. He gave us the full picture. It's actually, we have the mind of Christ. If you read the verse, mm. uh, it's, you know, the body of Christ, like coming together and, and getting this, yeah. You're, you're not Jesus. In a sense, we're all Jesus with Jesus in union with Jesus, but it's the, the parts are all expressing themselves. Um, let's see, what, are, what, did I, what did I write here? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just like, I, I feel like there's so much whack on what we're going to grow in over these years. If, if we don't pigeonhole ourselves to, I'm just an intellectual or I'm just a mystic, you know, or we just believe the Bible here. Like that's what every church says, you know. Yeah. Oh, I just believe a plain reading of scripture, you know. Like I thank God there are like some essentials of the faith that we, you know, that are, are laid out, which is why I love that so many of our buddies are getting into like the creeds and stuff. There is some essentials that we do all need to agree on, right? 
I'm not saying let's all just get together and everybody, whatever you believe, I honor that, you know? Like, like <laughs> I mean, like the old phrase of like, what is it? Uh, in, in the essentials, unity, and the non-essentials, liberty, and all things, charity. You know, there is a, a something huge about having like, it's Jesus is Lord, you know? Uh, Jesus Christ came in the flesh. It's, it's, he's the Savior, you know? Believe in the Trinity. Uh, there are some very basics that are knowable, but at the same time, uh, there's so much we're going to learn and grow in together in the body as we embrace the fullness of who we are, having mystical experiences, studying, going deeper, continuing to grow in that. And, and it's all going to be an awakening to the, really the basics, ultimately. But I just, I, I, you see so many people like kind of pigeonhole themselves after a while, or they're like, they're, they're very comfortable with certain things, but they're uncomfortable with, with other parts of who they are in Christ, even. You know, like, everyone says they're down with Holy Spirit until you have a Holy Spirit prayer meeting and you see how many people have to walk out because they're very uncomfortable. You know what I mean? I mean, every church I've been to, basically, like, they have a point where they're like, we want you, all of you, God, we want all of you manifest. And then God starts manifesting and they're like, no. Like, everybody has this line, it seems like. They're like, why don't you just throw the line out? You know what I mean? It's a little scary. Or the same with study, though. It's like someone starts like, well, that guy preached, but there's just so much information and so much like intellectual doctrine or whatever. It's like, dude, there's so much whack on the body of Christ historically extending to you the wisdom that they've gained over ages of time. You know, like the church fathers are drunk, dude. There's there's a lot of whack in there. I love uh, reading and study. Some You know, some people are like, well, I just get it all from Holy Spirit, but it's like, Holy Spirit was in that guy a thousand years ago encountering, like his encounters are yours. Like even when, when you read the Bible, like you read what John experienced and that's actually yours because you're, you're one with him. Yeah, yeah. And so his encounters are your encounters. So if you think it's just you and Holy Spirit, because you get this all the time, don't you? Like you hear people say, I just learned me and Holy Spirit. Mm. Like that's all. It's just, it's like, dude, you missed out on 99% of what God had for you because 99% of the body, I mean, there's billions of people that all have God inside them too, you know? So I don't know. I'm just kind of, I don't know where I'm all going with this, but I just want us to like keep uh, open to the fullness of your humanity, the fullness of your divinity, the fullness of being a mystic. Like I'm still just sniffing the cork on all of it. You know, like I, bar I barely know what it means to be human. I mean, I see it in Jesus, but I'm just awakening to Jesus. I barely know what it means to be spiritual. Like, uh, I can tell you this, though, like, the American church, for the most part, is not even spiritual at all. Yeah. They're, like, walking around with just dead spirits, like, talking about theories and stuff. Uh, now, most of you probably have been in some spiritual circles, so you're like, well, I, I see a lot of weirdo spiritual Christians. But <laughs> but that's not the average, not the majority, you know, like, yeah. that's, like, usually kind of a pigeonhole thing. But w whatever, I mean, there's little pockets, and I, I just feel like, man, Jesus is so expansive. So massive, like what we have in him and in one another, and uh, to to explore and to grow in that. You know, I wrote. Uh, let's see what I wrote here. In Jesus, we see the fullness of both or all of it. We see a few simple truths. Jesus Christ is the Word, and as we look at Him, things become so much simpler. I'm not trying to like make this sound like a big complicated thing, but it's not merely by intellect. It's also not merely by spiritual experience. But by a childlike knowing that God is good enough to reveal to us a rich experience of truth, a deep experience of truth through his son, Jesus Christ. 
We're not going to be left guessing when we see Jesus, uh, this spirit-led simple man who stumped the scribes and Pharisees time and time again. He reveals God. He reveals humanity. Uh, but continuing to have a big, full, rich drink of this glorious God-man who reflects us. Hallelujah. Uh, you don't have to become super spiritual. <laughs> you don't have to throw out your mind. You've been given the mind of Christ. You've been given Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit will continue to speak through the ages of what this God-man Jesus reveals. But that we would engage all the ways of communing with, with God, communing with the Trinity, experiencing Christ in us, experiencing Christ in all things, experiencing Christ in the body, in every person that you meet. And also one of the most forgotten ones is Christ throughout all the people that lived in their history, which is where study becomes valuable. Anyways, man. <laughs> That's the cool thing about Christ, you know, it's like he's satisfied, like if a person's curious, he'll satisfy their intellect. If they want yes, experience, yes. he'll satisfy that experience. It's like, he says, taste More and see. enough. Taste and see, which are metaphors for actually like partaking of him mystically. Yes. And at the same time, it's like being transformed by the renewing of your mind as well. Exactly. You know, yes. It's a, it's a both and type thing, you know. And that's the, the creeds are like this, like, it's like, okay, these are the ground rules, now go have fun. It's not like meant to be like a restrictive right, thing dude. to take your fun away from you. Like that's really you, good you, like these, these guys are like, <laughs> okay, these are the absolute essentials. Now go enjoy yourself. You know what I mean? Yes. Because they knew like the play would be gone as soon as you like got away from Jesus or whatever. Yes. Or you got away from his incarnation or like his ascension, on, his man. resurrection, glorification. They knew like led in these dark trails of wanting to lead and like take the fun away. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Man. So that's so good. It's so good. Yeah, dude. I, I just I'm I'm excited to see like just the, the children of God coming forth, you know, the, the, like all creations longing for the manifestation of the sons and daughters that, are, you know, that know how to pray in the spirit, that also know how to hold down a normal job, yeah. you know, that know how to like have a conversation with friends, but also know how to have a prayer meeting where everyone's rolling. Like it's all there for you. And you might be in a time where God's highlighting different parts of that for you, which is awesome, you know? Like sometimes you're in a, you're in school and you're just studying like all the time, uh, but I encourage everybody that like if you go to school and you're in your intellect for like years, spend at least that much time just like getting whacked and like prayer <laughs> praying, you know, and like just getting like hammered and rolling around or whatever, like like you know, or just learn like yeah what it means. Like I mean, Jesus said he did nothing other than what he saw and heard the Father was doing, and we can live that way. Doesn't mean you have to wake up every morning and say, which color underwear should I put on or, or whatever. <laughs> but you live out of this place like daily where, you know, it's like before I heard the gospel, I was happy if I like had an encounter with God per year. You know, I, you write it in your journal, you tell everybody about it. But honestly, now like that I, I, I've seen him and I've seen him in me. Like I feel God and I hear God like all, literally all the time. Like it's so easy to hear God. And now... People are like, well, then you should be prophesying over everybody. Well, God's not always talking to me about everybody or something, you know, sometimes. But I, most of the time, I'm, I just feel this, like, insane love and peace just emanating out of my spirit, you know, from God. Because, I mean, God's the ancient of days. He's not really actually a chatterbox. Like, he's not like this, well, I need to get 100 words out all the time. He's like, 
dude, I'm chill. I, I got all eternity. This is good. You know, and I just feel usually like just freaking love and peace just jacking me up. And then sometimes I hear a word or whatever. But I feel, I, it's like I have this confidence and this knowing in the spirit that I, I feel God in the spirit all the time, you know. Mm. At the same time, like, uh, he created all of this stuff around us to enjoy as humans and to learn. Like, there's such a value on, on books even, you know what I mean? Like, books aren't anti-Holy Spirit. <laughs> so, I don't know, I think you get the point, but... Man, those are just kind of ways of communion. But the overall thing is like, who are we as children of God? Like, how massive is this? Like, what we have in Christ, you know? And how secure that is. You're not becoming that. You are that. Like, even if you don't feel like it, even at your worst moment, you're still God's masterpiece. Yeah. Like, you're full. You're vibrant. Your spirit is shining. And uh, even if you haven't felt like it, your body is filled with life right now. Become aware of that. And uh, man, we're going to have some fun for ages to come. Because yeah. all the dark yeah. stuff's been defeated and destroyed. And now it's just most people just don't realize the awesomeness of what we have. <laughs> and so, yeah, let's celebrate, man. I, I love that you guys have a just a community of celebration here. And uh, it's good. I feel like we're going to see this popping up more and more. Just sons and daughters feasting, enjoying, you know. In fact, let me just close out with one of my favorite passages that I that speaks to what the kingdom is that we're in. Uh, Hebrews 12. Uh, we'll start with 18. I love it. Hebrews 12, 18, which actually in my Bible, so I don't always like the little paragraph headers, but it says the kingdom that cannot be shaken. This is what we're in, which, you know, that's the old prophetic language, but it's like, it can't be taken away, that you will always be in this. This is yours forever. For you have not come to what may be touched with a blazing fire and darkness and gloom and tempest. It's referring to like the old uh, mountaintop experiences of the Old Testament. A sound of a trumpet and a voice whose words made the hearers beg that no further messages be spoke to them, for they could not endure. Uh, it was so terrifying in the sight of Moses that he said, I trembled with fear. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to innumerable angels in festival gathering. <laughs> you have come to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. This is what we've come to. This is the nature of our kingdom from now on into forever. It's, it's sitting there with God, surrounded by angels, celebrating in a festival with the judge of all who has judged the, the spirits righteous and made perfect in Jesus. You have come to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant that's only speaking good things, a good word. His blood doesn't speak guilt and shame and better get your act together. That was the blood of Abel. But his blood is just speaking, you're righteous, you're holy, you're perfect, you're in the image and likeness of God. So, cheers, as Brett would say. Cheers, cheers to that. Well, let's, let's enjoy. Let's enjoy. So, thank you guys so much. I think that's about all I got.